Everyone knows you should never take a physicist to a sci-fi movie. The same can be said about a biologist and a creature feature. We can point out how certain things are biologically unlikely or downright impossible, but that would be boring. So rather than pointing out what can't happen, why not ask ourselves, what if it was real? So using my super nerd levels of knowledge about biology, physics, and mythical creatures, my friends and I will explore how different creatures could have actually evolved on our planet and what they potentially would look like. Welcome back, everybody, and welcome to A Real Creature Feature. My name is Mac. I'm Mac. And I'm Dean. And today, hopefully we won't have so many weird, crazy voices, we're going to be talking about dragons. I can't be stopped, and I won't be stopped. How dare you? I'm talking my normal voice. Oh, this you is what to... I have to deal with, people. Put on, put on your, wait, put on your show voice, Dean. Put on your show voice. My show voice? Yeah, your show voice. You'll scare the kids otherwise. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Monster ah! Now you'll scare the adults. Mmm, dragons. Ah! All right. Technically, we're not doing a rehash episode because we were do we did the episode about wyverns, but we're still going to have to, like, talk about a bunch of the other stuff that we already talked about with dragons or wyverns because I kind of want to rehash some of it just because... Hey, uh, I, re I re-listened to all those episodes, and I'm like, uh, our audio quality is... What are you trying to say? Uh, that we um, didn't know what we were... No, we knew exactly what we were doing. We just weren't doing we were, it well. We were making sure that we can improve and impress people. And Jimmy, all those messages, you can get off our backs. <laughs> doing dragons now. So yeah, I... Uh, I most of it, I haven't really approached it in any, like, drastically different approaches since, like, compared to, like, all our other uh, sec uh, hectopods. Uh, but it was interesting because I was looking up a bunch of more stuff about it. And so uh, there's a, once again, nerds will be nerds and will start looking up stuff and, like, doing their own research. So there are a plethora of different uh, videos about scientific of dragons and all this other stuff and i do enjoy the fact that i didn't watch these guys before so i'm watching them now and i'm like oh they're talking about piezoelectric stones sweet <laughs> dragons had thumbs potentially ah. but uh one that i thought was actually really good was uh the best dragon according to science from minute earth only reason why i say that is because they actually did break down some of the um idea of like wing ratio to size and like all this other stuff like for so for example and like how fast you have to go if you have bigger a bigger body but smaller wings and it was interesting because it was like if like for example smog if smog was able to fly he would have to fly to get enough lift he would have to fly so fast that his uh meat wings would rip apart meat what wings. if he had silicon wings they would also rip apart what if he had bone wings? I, I think we broke him. <laughs> he's just, he's just, he, 404, Mac not found. Pretty much. Uh, yeah, because I was like, well, technically, because there are bones in the wings, and so that there would be kind of bone wings. <laughs> but yeah, no. Uh, it's, but that was a good one, because yeah, they were just like talking about certain things that I 
hinted at, but I didn't really get into. So I'm like, there's that, that guy. And also one that was actually pretty neat. Once again, it was because he also uh, talked about a lot of the same stuff that we did. And it was by, it was by a YouTuber by the name of Trey, the explainer, T-R-E-Y, and then the explainer. I love that guy. I know him too. I I love his channel. Yeah, uh, yeah, he did a bunch for dragons. And he was like, it was interesting because it was also breaking down like cockatrices and all this other stuff. But I I personally never associated cockatrices with dragons. I think just because of the association of them also having like uh, petrifying eyes. Yeah. And also a lot of times cockatrices, depending on who's writing it, it looks like a giant chicken. But sometimes the basilisk looks like a giant chicken. So that's confusing to me. But I was like, okay. And yeah, he was associating with those. Um, but so I just want to do a quick refresh on some of the aspects of it. So for the wings. So based off our hexapodal design, I'm, I currently actually do have a rough draft of how I would, I'm going to draw it. Um, and it, yeah, it's going to have that weird, uh, well, not weird because it makes sense uh, where it's the, because of the six limbs that the middle limbs are the wings set up. And maybe have it like more slightly more forward than like having it like right in the middle between the back legs and the front leg. Just because that's that also is probably more aesthetic than anything for me because I'm drawing it. Leave me alone. <laughs> you can do what you want. Yeah. Uh, we're not and, we're not going to judge you harshly. <laughs> and it was just really interesting because I was also looking up uh, a bunch of other videos that I uh, clicked on and were like had. So I had these notes for like months. Uh and I had stuff about, um, what was this one called? Flawed Science of Avatar Six Legs, which I, I've talked about before. Because So one of the issues with having like a six-legged creature that can walk. Um, so if you look at like insects, they can kind of crawl up stuff too a lot of times. So that's also good for like stability reasons to have all those extra legs. But for fast motion, it's not as good because those legs can kind of get in the way. So if you did have something that evolved, eventually there is a potential that they would lose those extra limbs because it just like us, we started walking up. Yeah. Here's a question. Yeah. What if the middle two legs, it would raise up when it would have to run faster and eventually those legs became webbed? Yeah, that's that's uh, that's why uh, that's basically what I was going to come at with it. That is like you have those extra limbs so those limbs are able to be specialized in a different manner than what we have like examples of because it was like um once i think because i I brought this up before they had the the prawns from um district nine where they had those two extra little arms for like detail work on the front and so it was like oh you can also have specializations like that but so like how i was thinking about it with this and probably also our pig was that um while they could be to climb up trees, they can use like part of the wing, like the like basically a modified claw that would also help with stability like that, but then also not completely used for climbing just for stability so that it's like, OK, you're not t- overtaxing those muscles and everything else. And I was like, ooh, that 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 could be useful because also how like if you want to climb up something, it would be good to have all those extra things. And then once again, like I said, it's not going to super muscular because you don't need that just for um, 
uh, grabbing onto things. Because uh, this is something I also remember doing. Because in college, I did a lot of rock climbing and stuff like that. And some of the things that people talked about was when you're rock climbing, you're not not really pulling. You're not pulling yourself up with your arms a lot of the time. You're just using your hands as stability and you're pushing up with your legs. Now, there are times where you literally are pulling yourself up by your arms because uh, it's like if you're going over a, a particular a lip or something. And so I was like, oh, duh, do like that, too. Uh, but the first I should really also talk about um, the one example in nature of a creature that kind of is like a dragon. OK, so dragon. Uh, it is called a Draco Volans. It's an actual. It's the it's the gliding dra- uh, lizard. Draco so Malfoy. <laughs> yeah, uh, V O L A N S, also known as the flying lizard, flying dragon, um, common flying dragon. So it's it's neat. So what basically they use is um, their ribs and they push out, and uh, they don't have it. It's not like wings. It's not like a wingsuit. It's just an extra flap of skin. But if you think about it what were wings probably in the first place an extra flap of skin so it's like eventually these could possibly evolve into wings and the only reason why i didn't want to go with that idea of wings it's more it's once again it's aesthetic and i was like also where wouldn't you need those ribs for something later i well i don't know what but i mean for these guys pull it back in yeah I mean, it clearly feels like those ribs, their their function is just to spread out so that they can glide. Yeah, but it's because I've also seen a fantasy dragon um, at one of my local comic shops, Lost World of Wonders, and they had like a statue of a dragon. And that's what wings are basically look like were based off the ribs. And it, I just it just so once again, it's it's a biased aesthetic reasoning. So you'd see a dragon and when it looks like that, you'll be like, ah, you're gross. And then you get eaten. Yeah, pretty much. I am um, just as bad as a lot of people that I've um, blamed. It's this notion of the charismatic animals. Those yeah. are the only ones that people care about if they're endangered. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I always remember Dennis Leary having that skit where it's like, we only want to save the cute animals. So it's like you just have them lined up for an audition. It's like, what are you? I'm an otter. Okay. And what do you do? Well, I swim around my back and do cute human things with my hands. You may go. Next one. And what are you? I'm a cow. Get in the other line. But I'm an animal. I have rights. Like, you're a baseball glove. Get in the other line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's sad but true because that's just how humans work. Uh, well, it's also, uh, think about it this way. Uh, when you hear about a kid who gets hurt or sick, a lot of times it, it's because People care when it's a cute kid. Yeah. Well, I'll or put it's it whitey. Yeah. And that too. Yeah. A well, cute blonde th- girl. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, there's an entire television series my mom used to watch, hosted by a woman who was like, "We got to find these blonde white girls." And then also uh, think about uh, Ramsey. What was her name? John Benet Ramsey. Ramsey. Yeah, John Benet Ramsey. People still talk are talking about her, and she's been dead for almost thirty years. Look, I don't want to. Look, I understand. I'm just not that person. Because yeah. given the opportunity, I'd eat an otter. Yeah. Also, uh, turns out they're very, uh, they're they're vicious little monsters. <laughs> so back to back to the topic. What was my first? Was uh, well, you were talking about how you want your no, dragon oh, no. to be aesthetically pleasing. Yes. Everything must be perfect, aesthetically pleasing. Uh, so I added a bunch of different um, articles, 
and it was interesting. So uh, one of it, oh, uh, it was, I think, in um, Trey, the explainer, he talked about that there was actually um, a potential ancestor or somebody else. I can't remember which. Um, like there was a fish that had six limbs, but it just it didn't work out for it in the sense that it was like evolutionary pressures just didn't push that basic. Okay. I mean, it seems to be the case that you don't see a lot of genuine hexapodal animals outside of insects. Yeah. And even there, it's, you know, they're very tiny. Yeah. So main reason why I was like, okay, then we can have the, the wings also help with or started off helping with climbing so that it didn't just lose them. Because honestly, I think a lot of animals on our hexapod planet would probably eventually lose those extra limbs just because they're in the way they, you know, went the way of snakes and stuff like that. There was something on this note. It was just something that I wrote and I just kind of want to discuss a little bit. Don't forget only small survive the meat. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Because like yeah, all the big things uh, couldn't survive the change in environment because they were just so well adapted for the, where they lived. And that also in, in, like is talking about they're possibly large mammals too. Yeah. But just not as many or as big as dinosaurs. So the only ones that survived were um the tiny Yeah. And I was just like, oh that's a neat idea. Yeah, just to talk about it's like everything's big died. So yeah. we are the descendants of tiny things. Yeah, well, it's a rise and reign of the mammals because we what helped was also, again, mammals were more adaptable, especially the small ones, to the change in the environment. We were able to better hide. We were better able to survive. We were better able to find shelter. Yep. Better able to fuck them out of existence by eating them. That too. Yeah. Well, those are two different scenarios technically because you said fuck them out of existence by eating well well i mean we did, need to oh, have I, food I, I would say in we, order we, to reproduce that much we fucked yeah. them out of we fucked them into uh us having more children that ate them ate their uh resource no uh, we ate them that well yeah that too a mass horde of rats climbing over the dinosaurs eating them alive oh lord did Okay. Is that is that is that how it happened? Yeah. I, after you, well, you didn't go back and visit that time. Technically, yes, that probably did happen because that was a lot of meat just laying around. So that would be a good source for the short term. So they would have been able to use it to store up and survive. Nice. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, but that's how basically how evolution works too. Is um somebody tipped over the apple cart and we g get to see what happens after uh so i also wanted to approach uh like some of the ideas again from a different angle so for like example the whole gold thing i was looking at i was thinking about this more and more and more and i was just like well magpies like to grab shiny things and why do magpies do that and it was like most of the time it's they use it as a way of like attracting mates and stuff like that so it's like hey look at my awesome horde i would like to reproduce with you Ah. So it's like it has there's no intrinsic greed or anything like that for these these dragons, uh, this idea with these dragons. So it was just like, oh, that would be kind of interesting. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's because it's shiny. So therefore, oh, I need to do this so that I can say, hey, look at this cool shiny rock. I would like to make babies Ah, because that 
makes sense because that is how nature works most of the time. She go to Lake Superior and grab a couple rocks off of the beaches up there because Uperate. if you shine a if you shine a UV light on it, it glows red. Yep, Uperite. It's really neat. I haven't seen it yet because I've never been up to Lake Superior, but I do have I... a really awesome, a really powerful UV light. Cool. Because uh, I've done stuff with like glow in the dark um, pigments and powders, and um, if you ever want to supercharge glow in the dark stuff, use a UV light. If you ever really want to supercharge something, use a violet laser because ah. then that's just super duper bright because it's a laser. Yes, laser. But yeah, I uh, and yeah, that would and then once again, that would actually be kind of cool for uh, a different like because it's the draconic. Oh, that'd be oh, that's cool. Um, Dean just shared somebody made a 20 sided die out of Uperite, and it was like thinking about this. So, like, you could have once again different species, um, in the branch Dracana, uh, that has different proclivities of different things that they liked, which I always enjoy. So, like, shiny rocks, like, all this other's like, oh, yeah, look, because if you think about it, if there's if two people keep grabbing too much of one resource, then there's not enough for them to want to like, well, there's not enough of this particular rock. So I guess I'm going to have to start grabbing this rock because this is pretty cool, uh, which also adds to. I was going to say, oh, that would be an interesting thing to have. Why there are chromatic dragons is because one ends up one particular stone is used up or. I think that's well because so in D and D they also have the gem dragons though those ones uh, those particular gems just start naturally growing in their caves in their like homes. But I was just thinking you could have a green dragon who hoards jade. Yeah, yeah, and whatnot, and which also could also associate with like walls are that color because that whole like smog laying on it. And to get like, stuff like that, that'd be that would be neat. Emerald dragon would actually be the most expensive dragon versus diamonds. Yeah, that yeah, diamonds artificially, artificially expensive. But then I got then you distracted me. I had a thought. Now it's gone. Uh, hopefully, so like if we did want to have these bigger dragons, um, I was thinking about this. Uh, I don't know if this is how it's supposed to work, but it was another uh, Shauna McGuire book, uh, and they have uh, dragons in there. And in there, they have, like, the male dragon kind of just, like, finds a nest. And, like, it can't really fly again. Or at least that's what it sounded like in this most recent book. And I was like, oh, I thought they could fly. But so it was like, maybe it's, like, uh, ants or, like, bees where they have... Uh, they fly once. Yeah, they fly once to go out and then get nests and, like, get a territory. Like the MacFeagles. Only MacFeagles don't fly like that. That's from Discworld. Oh, okay. Um, they're they're the little they're the little blue fellers. Basically, yeah. So that you don't have too much genetic bottlenecking in one area, you have the these um because it's like the indeterminate growth thing again. So like these animals that they start off fairly reasonably slice and they can fly and everything else, and eventually they get bigger to the point that they can't fly anymore. So then then that's when they actually uh, settle in this area. So then they become thick boys and yep. roll down the yeah. Down the horde, yeah. Down the horde, yeah. yeah, yeah. During the time of collecting, that is when they have their wings are still have, yeah. Time of collecting and uh, territory, territory. That boy's thick with three Q's. <laughs> I knew, I knew you'd try and bring in Thermagoth just because the the big the big fat dragon in D and D. 
who is Jack. Yeah. Well, and he's a like genuinely is a D and D character is actually a D and D monster ri- dragon written into the manual, like a specific, a, a very specific one of the dragons. But yeah, he doesn't really fly. Yeah. Um, I he's was a really poly yeah. big fat kitty. Yep. But yeah, so yeah. once again, this is uh the best because like, once again we're talking about an entire yeah. movie. So it's like even if a story like they're like oh well these dragons do like this but you know all specifically i realizing that we're coming up on the subject i started rereading the discworld book guards guards um which is all about uh dragons uh, yeah well specifically the summoning of dragons because um in the discworld dragons used to exist but then they disappear um nobody really knows what happened to them all that's really left are now smaller what they call swamp dragons or draco vulgaris well there's also if you go to high magical areas near the hub there's yeah. still dragon riders but that's because they're using the power of their imagination mm-hmm. and once you get a certain point away from that magical hub they disillusion and mm-hmm. disappear yeah so in in the disc world belief equals like believing is seeing so if you have enough belief in something, it will most likely exist. Okay. So, um, so the thing was with dragons, they were well-believed in for a long time. But once that belief started to wane, especially in areas where there's not a high magical field, they just disappeared. There's an uh, um, uh, SCP about, oh, here be dragons. Here yeah. be dragons. Yeah, that was, that was, yeah. That was a... but yeah, the whole thing is with the dragons... They're not sleeping. They're not waiting for something because waiting implies expectation mm-hmm. of return. Yeah. And there is no expectation for them to return. So for the dragons that are left, so they just exist in this, for lack of a better term, and for the age we live in, liminal space? A li- yes, a liminal space. Pocket where, dimension. And a pocket dimension would probably be a better word because it's literally the idea is that it's the idea of the the entire space is just dragon. You zoom in and zoom in into the space between dragons. More dragons. Dragon. It's that's not even a joke. There is no space for anything but the dragons. And when one got summoned, they said, "Now there is a dragon shaped hole in the space." So, uh, what is like um, a mosaic tile kind of thing, where it's like in a way, yeah, yes. where you, like you have that one shape that's just constantly repeating. And so it's like in a lot of ways, sure. Yeah, it's a dragon. Yeah. Okay. And what they, uh, and so like nobody knew, like everyone's thinking, well, this looks dragon like, but no one believes that the dragons actually existed. So they start questioning, well, swamp dragons only get about two, get about two feet long traditionally because dragons don't tend to grow very big for many reasons, particularly. Yeah, well, they're omnivorous. Well, it's also part of the idea of that they don't, but they're they are an omnivorous creature on the disc, mm. um, and they eat everything because the entire point is, as part of their own weird evolutionary cycle, they don't have a lot of predators because they only grow up in swamps far away from everything. They eat a lot of they eat a lot of stuff, and then the only reason they need their heat is because they come from part of the dragons. They need flame to hatch eggs. Yeah. Uh, so during it, because we talked about it before that Discovery Channel, um, uh, not mock thing. I call it a mock person, yeah. But it's like a well fake document 
it's as much of a mockumentary as you can. It's just not being mocking. ironic about it. Yeah, yeah it's not yeah. being mocking. Uh, but they actually talked about that where it was um, it, fire was involved for the um, incubation of eggs. And then, like, mm-hmm. if you wanted a male egg, it had to be at a different temperature than if you wanted a female egg. Neat. That doesn't happen yeah. in nature. Well, actually, it does. I think in I some know. nature. I think. Well, I don't know about temperature, but I know it. You can. There are certain things. I, I think. I think crocodiles or alligators. It, there is a species of reptile that uh, some some factor determines whether the egg is male or female. I cannot remember what it is, but there is. I do believe there is a species that that. Like a, there is a real species in nature that it's not determined by genetic passage. It's literally based off of some condition that they're left in. Yeah. Um. But no, the cool thing, the one problem with swamp dragons are though, because they're bad at controlling their own heat, they also have a tendency to explode. That sucks. Yeah. And they can shift around their organs to be able to digest the different uh items. Yeah. That so like a snake. In a way. I mean, they are very, swamp dragons are very, uh, swamp dragons are very sickly creatures all around. Well, those, that's just a depressed, is that what it's actually supposed those to be? Those are swamp dragons. Yeah. Oh, those, those are, are and, that, and that's the closest image I could get to what's in my head when I hear about the dragon pocket dimension. Yeah. Even though that these are all swamp dragons. Yeah. Uh, audience, uh, the picture that Dean show, shared is just a bunch of sad-looking, uh-huh. drag like little dragons. Uh, basically, I'm thinking in the arms of the angel. That level of sad-looking animals. This is drawn by Paul Kigby. He's one of my favorite artists, yeah, yeah. especially when it comes to Discworld. Oh yeah, no, the Kigby illustrations for the Swamp Dragons are great. Um, because yeah, they are they are very pathetic looking creatures. Very sickly. Yeah. Paul could be. Uh, no, A I G B D B Y D B Y. Yeah, just because I'm like in my brain. Yeah, something else. Okay, no, never mind. Uh, so while we were talking about that, I did actually have uh, a good reason for um the placement of the. Ah. So when I talked about how um. It would be there would be more for more forward, closer to the front limbs, but not like to because you need still need some kind of space for like leg muscles and everything else like that. But it's mm-hmm. because of the skin, like a, mm. a bigger connection. Because like think of like a wingsuit where you know it has that more billowy space. So it's like if yeah. the wings are farther up, that means it has more space to connect to something, so that there is a potential that there's more um, uh, lift. Okay. Because now that's another thing that they talk about because of the size of the noble dragon. Draconobilis are large, like, you know, the common belief in the dragons. And why they they breathe fire is so that they can give themselves lift off their wings by riding the thermos of their own fire. Yeah, that would be... That's why you burn the city. Yeah, you burn the city so the dragon can have the lift needed to fly around. Okay. And once again, it's because uh, you can have more than one thing, like mm-hmm. why things are like that. And uh, so I was rethinking about the um, uh, cold-blooded, warm-blooded idea back with the wyverns. And it was so when I was thinking about this, it was like, OK, that'd be actually a kind of interesting idea where you self-regulate your heat by building a fire like we did. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, I'm cold, so I'm going to go make a fire. But then, oh, but I'm not cold, so I'm not going to use a fire. And I was like, okay, that'd be 
an interesting idea too because it's like you know how how do things develop and like why do things develop and like all that and uh so for like a reason for why they would want to develop fire abilities so it's like yeah you could have it that yeah it's for whoever can uh, uh, rather than it being like magpie it's whoever can breathe the biggest flame for mating that would be an interesting association too because it's like look at look at how large this uh fireball like and uh once again like when i was talking about this with uh oh that's what i was thinking about before when i i I lost track of it with the horde idea so just think about like you know uh how every year deer antlers are getting bigger and bigger bigger because that's just the nature of the beast to the point that there will probably be a day when the horns because it's happened before where the horns are too big for the animal to actually function yeah so it was like maybe that could also associate with the uh, dragon where it's like they just keep getting bigger and bigger hordes that just, you know, and then they start fighting with each other and stuff like that. Until another dragon has to come in and try and take it because all of that, all of the other resources have been taken. Yes. Mike. Yeah. After you, what you just said, I didn't realize Guards Guards was an unofficial Animorphs books. How so? Because they talk about thermals, baby! Animorphs always mentions thermals because of oh, the, yeah, yeah, the, the bias. The bias. Yep. Oh, I'm flying on the thermals. We love the thermals! They got distracted by the thermals. Okay. Guys, you gotta focus on what we're doing and not the thermals! Oh my god. I'm I'm hurting on the inside now. And on the outside. Yep. So I was rethinking about some of the, once again, rethinking about like the fire breathing stuff. So there was mm-hmm. this notion that we, so we talked about like having different uh, chemicals like on the teeth or stuff like yeah. that, that would also cause it to mix so that you could fire breathe. But I was like, but the only problem with that is that um, you then are burning your teeth. And I was like, okay, that's probably not a good idea. But alligators are burdened t- with teeth and they lose them all the time. Yes, and that's what I was going to talk about. That was before huh. I learned about all the teeth stuff from all of our other videos. So I was like, oh, yeah. that you could actually still do it that way because, yeah, you have it that they're reptilian so that they're constantly shedding teeth. So, okay, yeah, they might burn their teeth, but oh, well, they just get some new ones. Or in addition to this is uh, you just they just develop uh, a mucus mixture. So they have a protective mucus layer on their teeth to stop um it from wrecking their teeth good for them yeah so i was like oh that would be interesting too and then yeah you could have it that it is a protective layer so they don't burn stuff and the also protective layer for the inside of their mouths period so they don't burn it because i was learning about this uh so i i talked about this before about sweat in earlier episode i think because like humans yeah where you were talking about how um why humans have less hair yeah and uh, so uh, there are animals out there that, you know, can't sweat. So they have alternative methods. Want to know one of the grossest ones? Sure, why not? I mean, you should just tell us anyway. They shit on their legs. Gross. Don't do that. Or do it, whatever. If it keeps you cool, what do I care? <laughs> yeah, it's, I think it was some like particular birds do that. Or they're ones that also will vomit. Uh, see, that, that sounds okay. Uh, it's also probably like a particular type of vomit that's like more watery than Oh, thank you for bringing that up, because today's sponsor was Xlax. Not a sponsor. No one sponsors us. 
We we are we are free. We are sponsor free forever and ever. And nobody likes us apparently. Uh, wait. except for James. Oh, well, no, James. James isn't sponsoring us though. Come on, James. What if what if one of our what if one of our tens of listeners is actually named James and now he's got to freak out about that? That'd be cool. He wanted so badly. They they they're just sitting there like, oh my god, they do they know? They noticed me. Uh, the yes, wrong white thing. Me. Get up off of your bead chair and stop eating che- Cheetos. Yes. Tim. Oh, for a second I thought he was talking about me. <laughs> oh, thank God he was talking about me. Oof. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh... But yeah, it's so I was like, so, oh, okay, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, to have that um, some kind of mucus that is like fire re- um, resistant, because then also um, that'd be interesting too. Now thinking about it is like if they use the breath for like a defensive mechanism or something like that, then they could also have it that they do that for their kids. Like, oh. so like basically yeah, mucus onto the hatchlings for like protection, because also maybe the hatchlings haven't developed the ability to produce that mucus but they still potentially fires because they don't know how to because they don't know how to control it yeah well i mean this it's it's not even like the grossest concept as far as like taking care of young children my issue is though (laughs) i'm picturing like a gigantic noble dragon going up to their infant dragons who are about the size of a swamp dragon and the little swamp dragon looks up to their parent and is like, give me some of that, mommy. And then the dragon just hawks a loogie and, and totally encases the little guy in the spit. Or how do uh, cats clean their kittens? Don't they just lick them? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you're saying that the adult, the adult dragon is going to start licking their kids' teeth? No, licking, like, to help clean them up, too. Because they would also, not just their teeth, but, like, their entire bodies. Okay. I was like, are you trying to say they are frenching their children? Well, no. But also, I'm pretty sure animals do weirder things. Yeah. Birds. Well, and eating pap, their babies with koalas. Yeah. Baby koalas. Yeah. They, 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 bring a, they bring a literal definition to the term eat shit. Yes. Which also uh, makes sense. They have to. Eucalyptus. Well, yes. Eucalyptus. They choose to eat. Well, they don't. The most... They don't choose to eat it. Yes, they do. No, there's, they don't. There's... That... Yes, they do. Dean, Dean, they... that's implying that they're even thinking about it. There you go. That's, that's what I'm saying. Is like they only have a smooth ass brain, and the only thing that they can eat, think is, oh, let me eat this acidic leaf that's really tough and gonna grind down on my teeth i don't have replacement teeth nobody's giving me dentures and i'm gonna end up starving to death what are dentures uh, i don't even think i don't even think that that koala can't even think that far it identifies food not food oh food on a plate that's not food it's not on a branch exactly how is it supposed to determine that's food exactly so therefore it's not consciously doing it. It was, well, this is what I was raised on, so therefore this is what I'm gonna eat and doesn't think about the cycle. Yeah. It it doesn't it doesn't know to think that there might be a better way. Yes. It doesn't have the infomercial to help it. Are you tired of eating eucalyptus? No. There's got to be a better way. Shamwow. I don't well, I, I think eating a shamwow might be better for them. I don't know. No, because it's too absorbent. So it would oh, dry out no. their insides. Oh, no. 
Um, but okay, so I also wanted to talk at least about four dragons. So, because uh, I was looking at like uh, dinosaurs, as I do. Ah. And yes. uh, uh, meet the Ovaraptor, small bird like dinosaurs with toothless beaks, wishbones, skulls, and air pocket. So, there is some ideas that uh, like they might have actually had like air pockets and like hollow bones, just like I guess I could, you could you could actually easily see if they do or not by just cutting the bone the the bones in half the fossils in half or or x-ray but because i also <laughs> how does one fossil because i was like because i was like if you think about it like when you fossilize i was like i don't know if everything gets preserved or is it just the outside yeah because yeah it's just replacing uh... different fossilization has different methods yeah but yeah, I just wanted to cover that. So it's like, so maybe a hollow. Ah, the boos. The hollow boons. But yeah. Now, I, is there a restriction on how much muscle mass can be put upon hollow bones? I would think so, yes. Just like there is a limit to muscle mass for. Yeah. Because. Can't have, a, can't have all those gains. Uh, it was, um, so. So you know that the notion of like we only use ten percent of our brain. We've gone through this yeah. before too. So uh, yeah, well, yeah, like I said before, it's dumb and wrong. But we don't use all our muscles. Yeah. Uh, for a very good reason. So if you so let's say yeah, it's the whole uh picking a car off a baby mom. Mm-hmm. Um, now that also doesn't use one hundred percent of your muscle strength if you do that. But there have been some. There was a case I was learn. I uh, was watching uh, more of Ronet Gaming, and he was talking about this. There was a case of a dude that like a boulder fell on him, and he just uh, bench pressed it off. Oh! But like your bones and muscles can't take that much pressure. So you, if you do that, you will destroy your body and like rip the muscle from the bone. Uh, went to high school with a girl who was an I don't know if she still is, but a nationally ranked weightlifter. And she uh, brought in her x-rays and she, uh, our, our biology team, um, she was showing off that her muscle literally ripped off a chunk of bone. Oh. And yeah. You're talking about Devin. Yes. yes. She was, uh, she went to uh, our, our elementary school. Yeah. And her dad was a weightlifter. Yep. And her grandfather was a pastor who was retired, but some kind co- sometimes would come to St. John's and do um, Wednesday chapel. Oh, good for them. But yeah, uh, and it was just, so there is an upward limit to it. Now, I am i don't know if there is a, a lower upward limit for hollow bones or not. I would assume so in some cases, because it's also, I, I recently watched uh, this. It was really neat. Uh, so there's like that hydraulic pr- press guy who's like, you know, I'm going to press this with my hydraulic press, blah, blah, blah. He did a human molar, Ooh. and it was like six over 600 pounds of pressure. Wow. And yeah, uh, but then there was a bunch of dentists that were commenting, and they're like, yeah. so that's also a dead tooth. As in, it's yeah. like there is no, uh, it's not attached to the root. There's no nutrients. There's no moisture and like all this other stuff that's being pumped to that tooth. So a human tooth that's in the jaw of a living person that tooth can actually take more pressure and like take more damage than a dry tooth that was laying out. So it's like, now I don't know how, once again, I don't know how bird bones work because that's pretty sure a field of biology. Yeah. And I didn't think enough to look into that specifically like a fool. 
but then it's like, okay, I'm assuming there is some mechanisms to keep it strong and repair itself, just like ours. But like mm-hmm. we have, bone, that's where our bone marrow is, and that's where our red blood cells are preserving it. I'm assuming yeah. there is also a mechanism for that. For they have blood. Yeah, they do. So, but maybe it's not in the bone, or maybe it is, but it's like a lot small. But yeah, uh, but yeah. Once again, I don't know if there is an upward limit. Well, yes, there is an upward limit, but I don't know if that yeah. upward limit is um, the same as. Well, I'm I know that. Well, I know that in part of our discussion from the last episode when we were talking about hippogriffs, um, I know that we had brought up with the idea of hollow bones. Could it potentially also be the idea of like with the belief in dinosaurs that there may have potentially been air sacs to help support the musculature or, or, or the skeletal structure or even there, you know, if you are a dragon being the fictional creature you are, you produce a lot of heat. You know, kind of like when we talked about Flight of Dragons, yeah. like they were big round boys in Flight of Dragon because they would hold in that heat yeah. and basically become like hot air balloons. Yeah. And the function of the wings there then is not for necessarily flight, but more or less as a rudder system to get you to like guide you in a certain direction. Yeah. And still having some kind of like, yeah, well, a flight blast yeah. for whatever gas that they use. And then... Because then I was actually thinking about that too when you you st- talked about the air sac for support and stuff. So I was like, oh, maybe they have those kind of air sacs all over the body. But then I'm like, but the only problem with that idea of those rapid motion movement of the that air to their mouths for like releasing that gas for you know, buoyance like that. So I was like, I don't think that's level of, like it couldn't be quick in the same way. Yeah. Uh, because. But, well, yeah, yeah, it couldn't be, like, how you do ballast for, like, a submarine. But it could still be possible in the sense of, like, uh, diffusing the gas back into the bloodstream. And, but then that, like, again, it would be a slower process. But then also, all you have to do is, like, stop, you know, it might actually not matter as much. Yeah. Because, yeah, it was like, well, I don't, I'm not swimming. I don't need to lose ballast that fast. Yeah. Because I'm, they're just, it's a helper not a, a fixer or no that's not that that wouldn't be the right causer i guess yeah the wings are the main for source of lift but the air sacs are um just buoyancy and then Impressive. and then you can have it yeah. and then it would be kind of neat to, uh so one of uh i i was thinking about this particular character where it was uh it was kind of like hulk-esque an idea where yeah. it's like i like the muscles just do get big but his frame doesn't really get big or anything like that mm. but so then yeah. when he deflates you know looks smaller and like more than yeah. just height and so it's like he just has a lot of saggy skin yeah gross so yeah he could have yeah saggy they could have it that there is loose skin uh for when it's just walking around and then oh but to look normal he has to pinch the skin behind his head with an alligator clip oh i was just thinking that yes what? But the only problem uh, with this idea now that I'm thinking about is the rapid re like in, yeah. there wouldn't be a and like a rapid slow yeah. process. So and where's the dragon gonna get the alligator clip? Well, the thing is, is like with Hulk, he gives you plenty. Uh, he gave you plenty of reasons not to make him angry, and the people are just sitting there poking him, and he's slowly getting more and more pissed off until at one point he just. 
it's the tipping point where he's been building up over this time and they don't notice and they keep on poking and then all of a sudden, bam! But now that I think about it, so this would be a mechanism for larger dragons. So then it it's not a uh, so flight isn't as important of the notion of oh there's a predator right there I have to go now so this is more of a okay I'm already gonna be doing this so then it's a slow process like you know uh, sunbathing again for like alligators the same basic concept of they need to store up th- this gas so that they can fly later yeah and then yeah they can really that's interesting that would be kind of cool and then once again yeah. It's it's a it's a mechanism that makes sense. You can see something like, and then it still could be beneficial because yeah, it's like the smaller ones. No, a bird-sized dragon probably won't do. It needs to be able to go. Ah, go. There's something that's going to eat me. Oh, the babies. They don't yeah. need it because they are small enough that they can just fly around without needing it. And but the bigger ones uh, do need that because to offset their larger. Yeah. And then yeah, we could still have it introduce something with like hydrogen. Yeah. You know what they say in the flight of dragons. Um math is I, magic. You're right. I believe in you. Algebra, trigonometry, geology, oh, and all man. the other ologies you can think of. Oh no I, the voice of Mufasa, am now dead due to sciences. Uh that's stupid movie. I I never thought I would be bored watching a movie about dragons. I I wouldn't. You couldn't have. You couldn't have made me. That. I don't know why you're eating the limestone, but we eat the limestone and we grind it in our gizzards. So and just we like just close it up. So just like koalas, yep. not knowing why they eat eucalyptus. Ah, but this guy's intelligent. Yeah, he. I'm he saying, knows but he that. doesn't know why. And so, therefore, that explains why koalas, who are stupid... No! He just didn't get a chance to go to science class. Koalas, they are chronic school ditchers. Probably. Okay. Yeah. They have every opportunity to learn and every opportunity to know because they've been doing it for generations and they've been allowed to go to schools. I don't know. Have they really? Just because they're... what? What is the word called? Play hooky. Yeah. But yeah, okay, so that's uh, our basic idea for a dragon now. It's, uh, I, I I do like the fact that how we du- I double back on that idea of those air sacs from Flight of Dragons, but made it that they're not just these big balloons. So I was like, oh, that'd be nice. nice. Yeah, that's nice. But that still doesn't explain the Asian dragons that appear <laughs> in Flight of Dragons, because they don't balloon like the other dragons. I do have a design for it. Ah. Belcor! Want to talk about Asian dragons next time? Uh, if you want to, yeah, we can. I, I'd, I'd like to. I'd, I'd like to talk about the. I'd like to talk about the, our our big snaky boys. Now, interesting about this one because of they don't need six limbs. That one we could have it that it evolved on our planet rather than our alternate. Earth. Fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I feel like though the whole the whole point of I mean we can go back to hexapile creatures later. Oh yeah, yeah. There's but, plenty yeah. of. I mean, we but, have that. Uh, okay, yeah. what would the world be called that has the hexapods on it? Uh, it depends on if there was ever a species that evolved human level. I believe that would be the centaurs. Yeah. So they would call it. They would call it Santa World. Anywhere on Earth, but it's actually called Terra. Yeah, Ooh. Terra or Earth with a U. Earth. Earth. 
go to Earth. Yeah. You're going. We're going. We're going to Earth. Fourteen umlauts umlaps over the U. Yeah, baby. The Earth. More loot. More umlauts means more power. Cool. Well, you gotta really get that high evolution. High high evolutionary. Uh, just called it counter. That would be. uh, They wouldn't have an Earth. They wouldn't understand about an alternate Earth. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I would say probably Terra or Earth with a U. Yeah. If you want to have it that they, but then also they might have developed, they might have developed a language that doesn't sound anything like our languages. Yeah. So yeah, it could be. Yeah, but we give alternate names to other countries that they don't use for themselves. So yeah, then we would call call it. it Then we'd call it alternative Earth. (laughs) No, I'm going to alternative Europe. We're gonna go we back need to, to we need to make an actual name for it so then we can be like, hey guys, we're returning to such and such. Earth C one B. Okay, there we go. C one B. Earth C one B. Where it's no. spelt with an E U R T H. Oh, I was just gonna go with U R T H. I'd like to see I'd like to see those Stargate coordinates, please. <laughs> but yeah, okay. Uh f- okay. um Asian dragons. I, I will yeah. actually on a look up if what they would be. <laughs> dragons. Well, yes, yeah, but I'm I'm gonna like look up dragon in Mandarin or okay. Japanese or other languages. Yes. Okay. Fine. Yeah. Like well, the hopping uh, vampire Zhangji. Yeah. Okay. Yes. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Yan Long. Which okay is a yeah. celestial dragon. Then you got Fuzang Long. Uh, dragon of hidden treasure. Earth dragon is Dilong. And then there's Shenron. Um, Shenlong, uh, which is a spiritual dragon. Yeah. I was saying Shenlong or Shenron. From, Shenron from the from Dragon Ball, Ball Z. Z. Yeah. Well, actually, Dragon Ball. Then there's English. But the, uh, yeah. He, Dean's got a point there. Oh, um, so yeah. Well, then we will Lung. do that. I guess general term is Lung. L U N G okay, is how yeah. you would pronounce it. Okay. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll... Yep. Oh, that actually makes According sense. According to then. Britannica. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. That might actually make sense. Okay. Roman ah. Romanization. Long. A type of mythical beast that dwells in rivers, lakes, over the skies. Oh. oh. Okay. We'll get into that next week, though. Yep. Next time. All right. Yep. Yeah. Next, next time. time on Dragon Ball Z, three <laughs> American boys start talking about an Asian dragon. Hooray! A Real Creature Feature is created by Matt Kuklinski, starring Matt Kuklinski, Michael Seaman, and Dean Snow. Any questions, comments, artwork, or general inquiries can be sent to realcreaturefeature at gmail.com. You can view any submitted fan art and pictures on our Instagram at a real creature feature. Some episodes were recorded weeks in advance due to our current sporadic recording schedule. Any comments left will be seen and addressed at some point, and you will be credited unless you tell us you wish to remain anonymous. If you like the podcast, please leave a review on the podcast app that works best for you. It really helps us out. Also, tell your friends, enemies, and total strangers about the podcast. They might enjoy it too, and that can bring us all closer together. Oh, and here's a picture of the main uh, swamp dragon from that series, uh, from that book, Guards, Guards. His name is Errol. Uh, uh, okay, it's not. It's not the artist I was thinking.
uh, Arrow. With it, it sounds like Paul Kirby. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. no. It, 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 neither way, it was not the person I was thinking, no matter what. <laughs> I always pictured Arrow with bigger nostrils. Like, you, you thought he bigger. First of all, that's not, but that's not his. Uh, yeah. Well, see, the whole thing is Errol is very much designed poorly as far as Swamp, even by Swamp Dragon standards. He is essentially what they, what they call, because Swamp Dragons are now bred by the aristocracy as basically closer, a little closer to that. Um, there's one Kid B illustration where he has just the biggest nostrils, like basically like a hand sized nostril, like a human hand sized nostril on a two foot dragon. Um, but the whole thing is um, swamp dragons are bred kind of like show dogs are. They're bred by the aristocracy. And so Arrow came from a long line of like beautiful, fantastic looking swamp dragons. And basically this is the, yep, that's the one I always think of when I think of Arrow. Just like modern yeah. show dogs, they're being bred so much that they look a lot different from their original yeah. pure blood okay and uh so um errol's considered a errol's considered a whittler like where it's all the bad genes went into him okay so uh this dragon um there's jet coming out from the back end it's not and in the book that's not what happens okay the, but here's something yeah. interesting so there is an idea about this for uh interstellar travel yeah oh uh, basically what they have the idea is um it's a bassard ramjet it's a theoretical yeah. method of space tra uh, spacecraft propulsion uh, for interstellar travel. Um, basically, it's a giant scoop that's in front of the ship to collect hydrogen. Yeah. And then they can use that hydrogen because it, there is free-flowing uh, stuff out in space. It's not a complete mm -hmm. vacuum. And so that they can use that for thermonuclear fission. Ah, so that's why I was like, uh, because the thing that you need to breathe and like you need uh, air supply and everything else for jet propulsion. So it's like, uh, that's why he has giant nostrils so we can breathe yeah. better. Yeah. Well, and Errol's the lucky boy of the of the luckiest boy of the book. Spoiler, he gets the lady dragon, just like donkey is so lucky to have the lady dragon. Yeah. It turns out that the dragon that they summon was female. And throughout the entire book, Errol is eating everything he can get his hands on. Like everything, including pokers, tea kettles. Yeah. Because what he's trying to do is build up enough heat to impress the female, to impress the female noble dragon. And throughout and, the book, she's also the king of Ink Morpork. Yes. Because. She takes over like there's this whole big plan of they were going to summon the dragon, have some figurehead come in and take claim of the throne as the rightful king of Ankh-Morpork because it's currently under the lead under the uh, leadership of the patrician who is and, uh, a very proper tyrant. <laughs> yes, he's, he's he is the best kind of tyrant in all honesty. Oh, OK. Uh, benevolent tyrant. Uh. Depends on your idea of what benevolency is. Well, uh, you have to have the guilds, and the guilds yeah. protect their their industries. Well, you so, you said the best kind of tyrant, so I would think I would associate that with being benevolent. Well, it depends on your definition of what benevolency is, though. Because kind, let's put it this way: I wouldn't call the patrician kind. Well, that's what I was saying. Then he's not the best 
kind of benevolent dictator. Well, I would well, say this. He's. I would say this. He is the most ecumenical dictator. That's a big word. He, uh, big word. He's more I mean, concerned about the whole of yeah. this. Okay. Versus, you know, me. Yeah. Well, the whole reason he stays in power is because everybody's scared of if he's not in power, what will happen to their world as yeah. it is. Some people yeah. don't like him, but he it's better than going with an unknown. Lesser yeah. of two evils. Yeah. An unknown. Well, yeah. unknown. I mean, yeah. But... It's a, it's a, it's a good, it's a, it's the best way to put it. Without you read the books. You'll understand him a lot better. Oh yeah. No crime in ain't more pork because the different guilds protect their industries. Mm-hmm. So if you try and be a freelance thief, you'll get beat up by the thieves guild. Yep. Or if you commit a murder and it's not sanctioned by the assassins guild, the assassins will know where to find you. 